a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we quiz the smartest people we know and find out why they love what they love. I'm Helen Hong. And now, socially distancing from our homes in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Helen Hong. How are you doing? I'm very well, J. Keith. How are you? I am well. You know, our guests today are people who live together and also have a podcast together. And that made our producer, Jim Newman, wonder what kind of shows you and I would do if we had to record a podcast with the people that we live with. I'm wondering, what do you think you would do with the people that you share a home with? Oh, wow. Well, there's a few options. Mm -hmm. I could do a podcast with my sister slash roommate about raising a baby together. Mm -hmm. I could do a podcast with my nine-month-old baby, said baby that I'm co-raising with my sister, uh, Mm -hmm. in which he would just go, "Ah, ah, ah," and I'll ask him about, you know, eating peas for the first time or whatnot. (laughs) I could also do a podcast with Dodger Hong, my uh, husky slash German shepherd mix, Mm -hmm. in which I could ask him uh, questions about current events and he could just go. (laughs) (laughs) I believe you could also ask him, who's the best boy? Who's the best boy? (laughs) I do think that dogs and babies are underrepresented in the podcast world as far as listeners go. So you might be onto something. I could actually do a a podcast with Baby Hong and Dodger Hong and uh, we could go, ah!" I, I love it. Well, I was thinking about this. Uh, my fiance Sarah and I, the things that we talk about the most lately uh, have actually been uh, The Amazing Race. Not just like the episodes that are on, but how we're going to get on the show and how we would do every challenge better than the people that we watch. Mm. Um, <laughs> so it would be sort of a fantasy podcast as well as a super fan podcast, uh, <laughs> as well as basically any time that we're in a situation that's stressful, one of us says to the other, a million dollars, because that's what they do on the show, <laughs> remind us what the goal is. So Maximum Fun If you're listening, we've got some great shows ready for you to go. Oh, and speaking of Maximum Fun, hey, everybody, it's the Max Fun Drive. It's week two. In fact, if you're listening to this episode, the day it comes out is the last day of Max Fun Drive. Helen, what is Max Fun Drive? Max Fun Drive is when we ask our listeners to become members of Maximum Fun and help support the work that we do here. That's right. And want to make sure that you listen to some of the breaks that we have in this show because we're going to talk about some cool gifts that you can get, some cool rewards that you can get, stuff that you cannot buy, you can only get by being a member of Max Fun and supporting our show. It's some wonderful stuff that we're doing this year. We want to make sure that you join us. Helen, how do they join? Go to MaximumFun.org slash join. That's right. Oh, by the way, look at this. The guests we have today happen to have shows on Maximum Fun. Isn't that an interesting coincidence? <laughs> A dink, as they say. Helen, who are they? They are podcast hosts who can be heard on The Adventure Zone, My Brother, My Brother and Me, and together on Schmanners, all here on the Maximum Fun Network. It's Teresa and Travis McElroy. Hello, Teresa and Travis McElroy. Hi. Hello. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Travis. <laughs> you know, it's so rare that our guests actually say hi to each other. So uh, We're very, all very about nice. manners. You it's about are. being polite. It's even weirder because you guys are recording in the same room on the same microphone. Yeah. Uh, indeed. <laughs> we're yes, passing yes. notes. You can't see it, but yeah. we're going to give each other answers. For Oh, that that's an interesting strategy. Or are you going to give each other wrong answers? No, I believe no. in a rising tide 
Uh, <laughs> our five-year-old told me after I lost a game of Fortnite, she was like, but everybody wins a little, and I think that's the way to look at oh, it. Oh, yeah. I love that. So very, frankly, very Travis doesn't need any help with wrong answers. So. <laughs> hey, oh, we said no wait, trash talk. Now, hold on. Sick one of the rules, Right off the bat, one of the rules was no trash talking. <laughs> That was so polite, your trash talk. Sick burn right out the gate. (laughs) Wow. Well, in case it wasn't clear already, you two are married. Uh, We are. Yeah. (laughs) To each other. Uh, What? (laughs) Yes. Oh, am I breaking news today? (laughs) How did you decide to go ahead and do a podcast together? Obviously, Travis, you had already been very experienced in that. How did you decide you wanted to do one with each other? I think that it was just a, a natural progression as far as... Wanting to do a podcast because the McElroy families, it seems that there are so many podcasts, but we really took our time to figure out something that fit for us. Mm. Well, what you've chosen to focus on on Schmanners is etiquette and uh, the history of etiquette. It seems like you have to do a lot of research to discover new things. I'm curious, have there been any discoveries that have particularly surprised you? There's hardly a week where we aren't surprised Um, My favorite are the idioms episodes mm -hmm. where we'll go through stuff and it it will be like a thing that you say all the time. And if you ask someone, like, what does it mean? They'll be like, well, you know, because like you let the cat out of the bag because like the cat, you let it out. Well, it because it, huh? <laughs> and it, that is a lot yeah. of what happens. And, yeah. And why why so, was the cat in the bag in the first place? Well, can I tell you real quick? Do Jeez. we have a second? I tell you. Yes. So it comes from when people used to buy suckling piglets to like you know for their farm or to eat or whatever, and unscrupulous salespeople would just put <gasps> a cat in the bag because it was a mm. lot cheaper. And sure. so if you let the cat out of the bag, it's because you looked in the bag to see what you were buying. Instead of just trusting them, and the oh. secret got out, and the cat was out of the bag. Wow! So that really was like sort of the first consumer advisory was let yeah. the cat out of the bag to make sure you're not getting ripped <laughs> yeah. off. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like a cat in a bag it would be really hard to mistake for a pig in a bag because well, cats to in a, a bag to a crafty not... consumer like you, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, you said that you come from the Emily Post School of Etiquette. Uh, tell us what that means. Emily Post was a big fan of um, of leading by example. She was never the type of person to say, look at how terrible that person is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing everything wrong. And all of her all of her writings really point to, here's how to do it right, and then you can teach others to do it the right way as well. That reminds me, actually, I, I think I remember seeing something, maybe it was with Emily Post, but saying that, that the worst manners you can have is to point out somebody's bad manners. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there's another very famous one, Miss Manners. Sure. Her big quote is, you being rude to someone who's being rude to you only doubles the amount of rudeness in the world. <laughs> oh. Yes, Miss Manners regrets indeed. Travis, what is the school of etiquette uh, that you come from? Uh, I'm just trying not to embarrass myself. So <laughs> yeah. that is, uh, that's one of the things I love most that I've learned about from Schmanners is a lot of actual like etiquette and procedure and stuff was developed so that if you find yourself in a social situation, you're like, I don't know what to do. It's like, well, fall back on this and then leave. And like that's usually, <laughs> it's like, there's literally like things about like um, like dinner parties and cocktail parties where it's like, listen, you want to leave. Yeah, of course you do. Don't leave until you do this. But once you do that, no one can get mad at you. Just leave. Just get out. I'm like, I <laughs> Just love get out. this. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's really what we have got 
teach manners to the point of really a kind of like how to navigate the world mm. instead of these are the rules that we go by. Right. It's not about making yourself feel bad if you don't do something. It's making other people feel good because you do do something. Absolutely. Right. Write yeah. that down. That's a new oh, that's good, good tagline. Well, also, I said doo-doo. Yeah, which is always good. You literally, with your family, have written the book on podcasting. It's called Everyone Has a Podcast Except You. And you specifically wrote about how to choose a co-host besides just someone with the same last name as you. What makes each of you a good co-host for each other? I will say, one, uh, Teresa will deliver things with convictions. And it's hard for me to be like, that's not true. I'll say that sometimes, (laughs) but I know I'm wrong. I make so many groaner jokes and terrible jokes. <laughs> yeah. And she is the perfect audience for those because like she only laughs when they're good. You'll hear me on the show like surprised. I'll say like, oh, that one got you. And it's like, I'm surprised when she laughs at something I say. And uh, Teresa, what about Travis? Travis is like the best at playing the game. He is all in every time we play. So on our show, we play the roles of I'm the teacher and he's the student. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to use the word fool, but go on. Yes. (laughs) It's never halfway. He's always all in. And that is really, I think, what makes all of the boys' podcasts work so well. You want someone to improv with who is always right there with you. So he says yes. And I love it. Well, we, of course, are dropping this episode during the Max Fun Drive. So I wanted to see if you would talk a little bit about what doing your shows on Maximum Fun means to you and what listener support means to you. Well, I can say right off the bat, listener support, the show as it is, would not exist. With listener support, we were able to hire a researcher to help prep episodes. It helps pay our editor, Rachel. And, like, those are the things that, like, you know, with two small kids around the house, we wouldn't have had time to take care of them and those things of the show. And not only that, it also has allowed us to make this, uh, along with uh, the other podcasts, our job, our main focus. It's always the priority because this is what the people, you know, they deserve it because they are supporting us. During Max Fun Drive, people sharing, uh, you know, what they love about the shows and that they've supported and all that stuff. It's it's a really wonderful uh, and supportive crowd. And Teresa, anything to add? I think being on Max Fun is a very unique situation. It feels very much like a rising tide. Mm-hmm. It's really unique to be able to champion other shows and not feel like we are adversaries at all. We're just all part of the same team. Yeah, cooperation. And last thing, and this is a completely unbiased question that uh, your answer will in no way affect your score, but would you advise any of your supporters to support Go Fact Yourself in the Max Fund Drive as well? Of course. Absolutely. Of course. Oh, you were nice enough, nice enough to have us on and give me a place to talk into a microphone. That's all it takes to win my heart. Oh, good. Because I was I was poised to give you both negative 10 points. Yes. Oh, can you imagine if we'd been like, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> Half my shorts, go fact yourself. You are you are indeed a yes, Ander. It's wonderful to welcome you to our show. Thanks for joining us, Teresa and Travis McElroy. All right, Teresa and Travis, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Teresa, you said you know a lot about the TV show Bob's Burgers, the movie Ratatouille, 
and Loading the Dishwasher. Whereas, Travis, you said you know a lot about the songs of Dave Matthews Band, 1990s Nickelodeon TV shows, and job interviews. Later yeah. on, we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, couples therapy. First up is Teresa with couples. Teresa, while both might be a duo, what's the difference between a couple and a pair? A couple and a pair. I am going to say that a pair has more similarities. So they are paired in the way of maybe two of the same type of object. Okay. Where a couple can be any two objects or people together. All right, we've got Teresa's answer. We don't know yet if she's entirely correct. Travis, if you don't think she got it exactly right, you can steal. What do you think? Well, the problem is I do think she got it exactly right, so I'm going to say a couple of two of something and a pear is a fruit. A pear is a fruit. Okay. (laughs) Always good to go with the homonym or the homophone or one of those. Okay, we need to consciously uncouple from this segment. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. A couple consists of two things that are brought together to form a group like a couple of days, a couple of dollars, or a married couple. A pair consists of two things that are intended to work together as a unit, like a pair of hands, a pair of shoes, or a pair of dice. These are things that are usually identical or mirror images, and sometimes the pair is so integrated together that they are actually one thing, like a pair of scissors or a pair of pants. That's right. Now, while both pair and couple indicate the number two, some dictionaries now give an alternate definition of couple as a small number of two or more. And in some parts of the country, people will refer to this usage as a couple few, as in, how many cats do I have? A couple. How many do I want? A couple few. Helen, how did our guest do? I think Teresa got both points on that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. All right. Two points for Teresa. Up next in couples therapy, it's Travis with therapy. Travis, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Helen? It's from Brenda Boyer from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Hello, Brenda. (laughs) Hello, Brenda. Listeners, if you would like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to gofactorpod.com and click on Get Involved. Thank you, Helen, and thank you, Brenda, and thank you, Travis, for thanking Brenda. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Travis, while you might encounter either one at couples therapy, what's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist? A psychiatrist and a psychologist. The answer is a psychiatrist has a doctor degree Mm -hmm. where a psychologist can operate as long as they are licensed. All right. We've got Travis's answer. Teresa, what do you think? I'm going to add that a psychiatrist is capable of prescribing medication Mm -hmm. where a psychologist would be partnered with another uh, physician in order to suggest Mm. medication. To suggest medication. I think she's right. Well, oh, we're gonna... man. Oh, man. But you I might be right also. I studied psychology in school. Did oh. you really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, this segment needs therapeutic intervention. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. While they both might have doctor in front of their names, there are some key differences. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor, an MD, who can prescribe medication and sometimes even perform medical procedures. A psychologist likely has a PhD in psychology, but in 
most U.S. states cannot prescribe medication or perform procedures. Because of this, they tend to treat less severe mental conditions that don't have an underlying medical cause and will refer a patient to a psychiatrist when talk and behavioral therapy aren't effective. Uh, That's right. Some psychiatrists are also psychopharmacologists who deal almost exclusively with medication as a treatment for mental disorders and have one of the few job titles that takes 20 letters to spell. (laughs) Helen, how did our guest do? Travis, I think you were kind of... I beefed it. I beefed it, Helen. You could say it. No, not exactly. You were in the zone, but not precisely right for Mm -hmm. either. So I actually think you're going to get half a point for each. And then, Teresa, I'm going to give you a half a point as well for getting the prescribed medication part of Psychiatrist. Oh, great. High five. Mm, Okay. High five. I don't think it bodes well for me that when I I was trying to think of the phrase MD, and I think I just said doctor degree. I believe you said doctor degree as well, yes. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for me on this uh, (laughs) fact-based show. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Teresa McElroy has two and a half points, and Travis McElroy has one point. That's right, but those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. But first, it's time to talk about the Max Fun Drive. The Max Fun Drive again. What is it, Helen? The Max Fun Drive is when we ask our listeners once a year to help support the work that we do to make the shows on Maximum Fun. You know, Max Fun membership pays for all of the shows on Max Fun. Our shows, including Go Fact Yourself, are directly supported by members. Literally, we would not have a show unless we had MaxFun members supporting our show. So this is the one time of the year that we put a lot of energy, and I would say zazz, into letting you know how you can support the show as a member. Jay Keith, your zazz is showing. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to show my zazz. I mentioned on our last episode that we have some exciting goals where all of our new upgrading or boosting members get a chance to play in a tournament for the opportunity to appear on a special listener version mini episode of Go Fact Yourself where you can compete to win our program and that if we get 650 new upgrading or boosting members, we will add a second mini episode show and if we make our stretch goal of 800, we'll add a full show with experts for the listeners to play. Oh, what an exciting opportunity. And listeners, we know that this is something that you're dying to do at home. Like whenever we get a contestant on, I know that you're at home being like, oh, I wish they would talk about XYZ, whatever it is the thing that you're super obsessed with. For instance, I am super obsessed with the Donner Party. I don't know why. I have never eaten someone, but I'm curious <laughs> about people who have. And you may not know, I also know a lot about husky dogs because my beloved Dodger is a husky. So if you're listening, think about the topics that you would choose and you might have a chance to actually play our game on Go Fact Yourself. Hey, speaking of Dodger, anyone who contributes at any level, whether you boost or upgrade or not, is going to get your choice of a photo of either Dodger or one of my cats cookie or muffin plus all of this incredible bonus content available on max fun we did our bonus episode this year with the hosts of dr game show another game show here in maximum fun it was so much fun to play games with them and to have them play games with us that is available i believe right now in the bonus content feed as long as you support maximum fun at the level of five dollars a month or above and again, everyone who is a new upgrading or boosting member gets a chance to opt in to play in our month-long trivia tournament, culminating in the chance to be in a special listener edition mini episode of Go Fact Yourself recorded via Zoom. It is all fun and games, except when it comes to money. 
That's right. (laughs) So will you please join us as a member? You can join, upgrade, or boost your membership or buy a gift membership for a friend or an anonymous MaxFund listener by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. Oh, Helen. Helen, I don't know what else to say. (laughs) For for the first time in my life, I have nothing else to say other than please go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Hey, Helen, will you welcome us back into the show now? Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Teresa McElroy and Travis McElroy. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. All right, Teresa, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the TV show Bob's Burgers, the movie Ratatouille, and Loading the Dishwasher. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. Tell us why you chose the TV show Bob's Burgers as a topic that you love. I really love them because I have been watching it from the very beginning, and I frequently rewatch. My favorite episodes, I love all the songs. I even have their their new albums. Mm-hmm. They are an exemplary cartoon family. <laughs> all right, great. Next, you chose the movie Ratatouille. I think that it is one of the, the first great examples of a Disney Pixar film that doesn't have a traditional antagonist. Mm. And I think that the music really heightens the film in a way that I hadn't really thought about as far as like non like princessy songs. Mm, very cool. And then finally, Teresa, you said you know a lot about loading the dishwasher. Growing up, my mom encouraged us to practice until we got it right. <laughs> she would often unload a dishwasher that I had finished loading and say, you did this, this, and this incorrectly. Try again. <gasps> wow. Right. Um, and so... You although- don't want to waste water. Listen, <laughs> in her defense... Right? Yep. If you just like slap a couple plates in there and you call it a day. Yep. Nah, nah, nah. We don't want to waste water or soap. Come on. Yeah, Although I, I don't treat my family like that. Um, I do. Not now. I do. We've been together 13 years. I know how to do it by this point. Gently suggest something that I feel yeah. might work better. I am recently engaged, and the only time that I have ever had any doubt as to whether things are going to work out between my betrothed and I is when I see how she has loaded the dishwasher. <laughs> The good news is yeah. people can change. People can and change. Travis is, yeah. is the example of, of people can change. This is true. So to summarize, Teresa, you said you know a lot about the TV show Bob's Burgers, the movie Ratatouille, and loading the dishwasher. Today we're going to quiz you about Bob's Burgers. Oh, oh yay. Yay, indeed. You mentioned your favorite episode. Do you have a favorite character, either one that you relate to or one that you particularly enjoy hearing from? I love Linda. I think she's a great mom. I think that she is always doing her best to support her kids. And uh, how do you watch uh, Bob's Burgers? Because there's so many different ways with streaming and downloads and DVDs and all that. What, what is your favorite way to watch it? And how often do you watch it? I tend to put it on for noise in the room wow. when I'm like, Every hanging day. out. Is Every day. Every day. Okay. I, and don't be wrong. I don't want to sound like I, I love Bob's Burgers as well. Yeah. And that's why I said oh yay because yeah. I. So if she misses one, the chance that I will be able to steal is so good. Oh, if it was dishwasher, I'm out. Right. Okay. But like, <laughs> whoa. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic, Teresa, to test your mastery in the subject with our expert level question, worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Travis. Travis, do listen closely because if Teresa answers incorrectly, you can steal. We already found out that you do know a lot about Bob's Burgers. Let's see if she lets you in. Here is question number one. 
Bob's Burgers airs as part of a programming block called Animation Domination, along with The Simpsons, Family Guy, and The Great North on what American TV network that debuted in 1986? The answer is Fox. Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. Very good. Fun fact, the show premiered on January 9, 2011. Reruns have aired on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim, TBS, FXX, in syndication, and on Hulu. Really no excuse for not catching Bob's Burgers. All right, here's question number two. In addition to its hilarious regular voice cast, Bob's Burgers has featured lots of well-known comedians in guest roles, including the person who played a secretive food critic known as the Moody Foodie. What Emmy-winning comedian who provided a voice in another one of your chosen topics played that role? I appreciate the hint in the question, but yeah. the ans- <laughs> I already knew the answer. It's Patton Oswalt. Helen? That is correct. That is I'm correct. I'm not going to get to steal any of these. <laughs> well, those are just the first two. Fun fact, other funny people who've been voices on Bob's and who've also been guests on Go Fact Yourself include Andrea Savage, Drew Drogi, Kurt Braunhauler, Lorraine Newman, Lennon Parham, Maria Bamford, Matt Besser, Oscar Nunez, Paul F. Tompkins, Paul Shear, Pete Holmes, Phil Lamar, Rachel Dratch, Rory O'Malley, and Susie Nakamura. And yet somehow this is the first time Bob's has come up on this show. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Question number three. You were two for two. One of the many pun field running gags on the show is the name of the shop next door to Bob's Burgers as seen in the opening sequence. And beginning in season two, what other item in the opening sequence also has a different punny name for each episode? It's the exterminator van in front. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. You are three for three. Fun fact, in season one, it only said rats all, folks. In subsequent seasons, you could see Pestside Story, The Mice Man Cometh, and If You See Something, Spray Something, among many others. <laughs> That's, that one's my favorite for sure. So good. <laughs> all right, Teresa, you're three for three of two hints available. Here's question number four. As you mentioned, Bob's Burgers features many original songs, so many, in fact, that two albums of music from the show have been released, totaling over 200 tracks. But which one of the following songs is not from the show? Is it Hot Pants Rain Dance, Pesto in My Pants, No Pants in Space, Monster Pants, or Here Comes the Meat Plane? Monster Pants. I did not recognize that song. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Couldn't fool you with another pants song. We made that one up. Very, very nice. Fun fact, volume two of the music from Bob's Burgers is available in a limited deluxe edition gift box with the albums pressed on ketchup, mustard, and relish colored vinyl. Uh, Travis and Jason nodding it. along. Yes, we have I it. Have yeah, it. we have that. I'm sure you have it. All right. You know, you know, writing these quizzes, the hardest thing to do is to calibrate the difficulty, and I think I, we may have miscalibrated a little. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> we got a real I'm feeling. I'm feeling a little. Uh, I'm feeling a little chagrined that <laughs> Teresa is like breezing through these questions like nothing. I feel good about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the important thing. I'm also sitting here realizing how much better she knows this topic than any of the three topics I have. And I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) You're definitely going to have your work cut out for you. But, uh, Teresa, let's see how you do on this. You have not used any of your hints. You still have that available to you. Here's question number five. Bob's Burgers makes lots of references to popular culture, but some are more subtle than others. For instance, Bob's kids attend Wagstaff School and might someday graduate to Huxley High School. According to show creator Lauren Bouchard, these school names are taken from a movie starring what legendary comedy performer? Oh, man. My bravado is uh, <laughs> is fading at the moment. Oh, goodness. Uh, I need a hint. Helen, how about that first hint? I never forget a face, but in your case, I'll be glad to make an exception. It must be Groucho Marx. Ellen? 
That is correct. That is correct. Yay. <laughs> Teresa McElroy is five for five on the heels of Helen's stellar Groucho Marx impression. That was Thank fantastic. You. Thank you. Thank you. Did you like my little uh, twirling my pen as a cigar? Indeed. Indeed. I'm very indeed. grateful for the Zoom. Uh, <laughs> Fun fact, the movie reference is from the Marx Brothers Horse Feathers, where Groucho played Professor Wagstaff, who was the president of Huxley College. All right, Teresa, you obviously did very well in that quiz, but now here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Teresa, Paste Magazine recently ranked every Valentine's-themed episode of Bob's Burgers, and number one was season eight's V for Valentine Detta, where Linda and Louise Belcher take Tina out to support her after being dumped. The episode, written by two people with the last name Molyneux, was nominated for an Emmy Award. For up to three points, in what type of vehicle did the Belchers take Tina out? What is the relationship of the episode's writers who share the last name Molyneux and who voices Tina on Bob's Burgers? The answer to the first question is it's a limousine. Okay. Uh, let me think. The relationship is, I believe, the siblings. Okay. And then mm-hmm. I can I know his first name is Dan. Okay. But what is his last name? I think I know it. I'm so excited. Do you want me to whisper it to you? Mm. Is that allowed? Can I just tell you what it <laughs> Not is? really, but we've never been in this situation. Let me tell you. Teresa, you seem to have a moment of inspiration. Uh, would you like to uh, amend your answer? Dan Mintz. All right. Helen is taking note of all of those answers. We have an expert on the hand who can tell us for sure. In fact, I think for the first time ever on this show, we have three experts. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight are two Emmy-winning writer-producers of Bob's Burgers and the voice of Tina. It's Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux and Dan Mintz. Hello, everybody. Hi. 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 Hello. Oh, my gosh. I'm Viclemt. Viclemt. I thought you passed out for a second. You left the frame of the, uh, of the camera here. Well, we'll we'll give Teresa a chance to catch her breath. We want to thank Lizzie and Wendy and Dan for joining us. The show is so wonderful, and uh, you, of course, have all worked together on the show. Dan, can you tell us a little bit what it's like to work with the Molyneux sisters? And then I'll ask the sisters to uh, give a rebuttal about Dan. (laughs) It's really great to work with the Molyneux sisters. Um, They always give very good notes on everything. I can Mm -hmm. never tell which one is talking when they're... I'm on Zoom with them. (laughs) Wendy uh, does an exceptional job voicing the babysitter. Yes, I'm Jen. Jen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lizzie and Wendy, tell us about uh, working with Dan. Well, Dan's the best. It's always fun. We've written, I feel like, a lot of Tina-centered stories, so it's always fun to work with Dan. If you've ever seen Dan's stand-up, and Mm -hmm. he's a writer yourself, I think it is good to be writing for a show where the person you're writing for is like so funny you're worried so oh, that's the advantage of working with our whole cast they're all like very hilarious stand-ups so you're like oh crap i better oh, write no. a good joke <laughs> oh okay that's you what know? the worry is, is that yeah you, you, gotta no, you gotta write a good, yeah. not top them but you gotta <laughs> yeah. be like on point you know I have seen Dan stand up, yes. and mm. it is very funny. Thank you. <laughs> Wendy, you mentioned the name of that character to Dan, and he, he maybe wasn't sure about that. How much Bob's Burgers trivia do you retain? Or once you're done recording an episode, does, does it leave your mind? I feel like I know a lot, and yet I think there was one question that I would not have gotten correct. Oh, from, from our from our quiz yes, today? Yes, about wow. the, the, um, all the pants songs. I had the wrong okay. one in my mind. I knew some of them, but I think I would have maybe missed, because there's... 
it's so much material. I mean, we're right. writing the 13th season now. So when people are like, what's your favorite burger of the day? I just go blank. Yeah. Because there's been so mm-hmm. many. And for every one you see on the air, we've pitched 30. Wow. Well, then let me pretend this was my next question. Do you have a favorite burger of the oh, day? Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Mine is car- curry on my wayward bun. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that is a good yeah. one. Yeah. See, I'm ready. I don't even know if that is my favorite. It's just my, it's my, <laughs> hand, it's my answer. We won't it's know. It's my answer. Uh, there are so many wonderful running gags, as we mentioned, that involve puns. Is that something that comes to you too naturally, Lizzie? Are you a pun lover or is it just part of the job? You got to go in there and put one in. I feel like it's something I just trained myself. Self more that I don't think it was like a natural thing, but I think after season one, it was like, okay, I gotta figure out all the ingredients that can go on a burger, and then what could those yeah. rhyme with? Like, I'm on, I'm yeah. on rhyme zone like a lot. <laughs> Dan, you've mentioned that you deal with stage fright in your stand-up performance. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you encounter when you're doing the voice stuff, or you don't have that as much when you're not a live audience? I mean, definitely not, not now. I during the first season. When they hadn't aired yet and I could be replaced any time, I was always terrified (laughs) of making a mistake. (laughs) And, of course, it's a famous story now, but Tina was originally supposed to be a boy Mm -hmm, character. Tell mm -hmm. us what that process was in finding that out and how you (laughs) – how worried were you? You're going to get replaced before you even got on the air. My original character was named Daniel. It was a pilot presentation, not a full pilot, and we kept going back and re-recording and re-recording. And one day I just – I got this call from Lorne the creator and I just, just left a message to call him back this must be the show's getting picked up and they're not casting me like I yes. already thought that so I was like put off calling him back to like postpone that as long as I could and I finally called him back and he's like the network wants to change your character to a girl but then he immediately was like but no we still want you to do it <laughs> I was like okay well I can't <laughs> that's nice of you but I, can't, I only do this voice <laughs> 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 And he said, yeah, that's fine. We want to do that voice. And they sent me, they'd already made a test animation with, they'd basically drawn Tina and had mm-hmm. her talking just to my stand-up or to whatever. I was very surprised that it actually seemed to work because I had never thought I had a girl's voice particularly. Wow. So a, a happy showbiz story of something changing and still working out. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard of those, but, but never in person. <laughs> Tina has this wonderful moan uh, mm-hmm. that we hear in a lot of episodes, particularly in the Valentine's one that we had talked about. Mm-hmm. How was it described and presented to you and, and where did that come you from? You know, it's one of those things that did not seem like it would become a catchphrase or anything. Mm-hmm. When at, I vaguely remember Lauren was just like, can you try to make a sound of being nervous mm-hmm. and I must have and I tried a few a few things he said that's yeah. that's the one and, then <laughs> kept, and that's it that and, and, uh, yeah <laughs> do you use it in your real life as well I have noticed myself using it in my real life like mm-hmm. I'm driving or something and something <laughs> it's a little sketchy um I honestly don't know if I already was using it before yeah. or I picked it up from doing it doing well it's it. now the property of Fox so uh, yeah. you better be careful about using it yeah. <laughs> Wendy and Lizzie in addition to the great work you've done on Bob's Burgers you're doing great work on a show that you two created called The Great North, which is uh, airing on Fox. It actually got renewed for season two before it ever aired and then was renewed for season three before season two had finished. Congratulations on all of that. Thank you. Thank you. How was that experience of creating a show compared to working in all the different roles you had on Bob's Burgers? Well, it's been odd only because we had a show for seven months and then COVID. Right. So we were literally table reading the last episode of the first season. Like we hadn't even been on air anything Mm. when all that started. So we're always kind of like, okay, well, this is our first show we ever made on our own. 
in the absolute weirdest, hardest circumstances you could right. do it. So we have a great cast who's like been recording in their closets and bathrooms for two years, like Will Forte and Nick Offerman, mm-hmm. Pardon and Churla, Dulce Sloan, Jenny Slate, Paul Rust, and then Alanis Marset and Megan Mullally are, are recurring on the show too. So, you know, they've all been very game and recorded at their houses. And so it's been like a very odd situation, but yeah. also pretty fun. And, you know, we've, I think, made the best of it. So it's been okay. And hopefully soon we'll all like see each other in person and and breathe each other's air. Gross. That sounds gross now. It sounds gross to everybody. No, we all understand. We all miss it. Who doesn't long to breathe the same air as Alanis Morissette? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I would like to just have some Alanis air. Yeah. It's odd to have a show premiere and sort of never got to celebrate that with the everyone who works right. on it so i think it's sure. felt a little like as exciting as it is and how you know as satisfying as it is to be on the air and to see reactions from people online i think it's going to be really exciting just to be all together with everyone who works on the show because you know it's just it's been <laughs> it's been tough and people have been working yeah. super duper hard so it'll be nice to be able to get some free granola bars or whatever we have in the snack room. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Live it up. We're going to buy your own red vines? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. As if there weren't enough excitement around those projects, there's also the Bob's Burgers movie that is coming out soon. Dan, tell us about what it was like to, to work on that and what we can look forward to. I mean, working on it was exactly the same as doing a show. Um, <laughs> yeah. But watching it, it's, it's very cool how the animation... It still is like the same type of art. It's not like they switched to CGI, mm-hmm. but it like looks like so much more cinematic and has this depth to it. And I think they did an amazing job of like getting the stakes perfectly right. So it mm-hmm. feels like feels like it should be a movie, but doesn't feel like how do we go back to the show now? Very cool. I'm so excited to yeah. see it. <laughs> yes, I can see a big smile on Teresa's face. <laughs> Let's get to the reason we brought all of you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Teresa. First, we wanted to know in that famous V for Valentine Detta episode, in what type of vehicle did the Belchers take Tina out? Helen, what did Teresa say? Teresa said limousine. And Molino sisters? That is correct. It's Nat's famous pink limousine. The very famous pink limousine. (laughs) That is a point there for Teresa. And by the way, what an incredible character. I love that she keeps coming back and just keep learning more and more about this fascinating woman. (laughs) I just want to say one of my favorite jokes is because it's it's exemplary of the show of is that her name is Nat Kinkle. It's just it's like so silly and it's just perfect to me of like yeah that's that's not like a joke for the story. It's just a funny thing that it would be. And she briefly had two names because the first Nat episode had been written and the second one had also been written and we realized that in the second one we had put in the Nat Kinkle joke and that we needed to extract her original last name from the V for Valentine Dead episode so that we could do the Nat Kinkle joke in <laughs> The Ring But Not Scary, which was the season premiere of the following year. So it was like, oh that's gosh. how animation works. You've always got like <laughs> yeah. a million things in flux and it's very easy to miss something. And we were like, oh, let's make her Nat Kinkle. And then we had to go back and like pull the name out. <laughs> that episode, by the way, The Ring But Not Scary is our five-year-old's favorite episode. Aww. And every time we're like, oh, let's watch a Bob. She'll be like, the water park one. And we're like, oh, <laughs> we just watched that one though. Could we, the water park one. Aww. <laughs> that's adorable. That's wonderful. Next, we wanted to know, what is the relationship of the episode's writers who shared the last name Molyneux. Helen, what did Teresa say? Teresa said siblings. And? 
Lizzie and Wendy? That's... What if we revealed that we're not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Wow, we would, we'd be breaking news on Go Fact Yourself. Um, yes, we yeah. are sisters. Uh, I would say they're best friends first. Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I would say live, laugh, love, you know? Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, a point there for Teresa. Very good. And finally, we wanted to know who provides the voice of Tina on Bob's Burgers. Helen, what did Teresa eventually say? <laughs> Teresa, with an assist from Travis, eventually said Dan Mintz. And Dan? Yeah, I would say that's correct. That's correct as well. <laughs> three for three, a perfect game of Go Fact Yourself for <laughs> Teresa McElroy. Well, congratulations, Teresa. You got a perfect score in your quiz segment. While we have our three experts here, Teresa, is there anything you'd like to ask or say to them? I actually, I would love to ask, in writing The Great North, would you say that they live in the same universe as the Bob's Burgers people? Mm. In the BBU? <sighs> I think we don't think of it that way quite. I think it's like you think of each show literally in the world as just existing in its own bubble. Like Bob's Burgers lives in its bubble. Great North lives in its bubble. That's why you'll never see any promotion from Bob's or Great North where any character speaks to camera or ever breaks Mm. the fourth wall. Because we have some like, it's like our only... (laughs) Our only moral, our only ethic is that um, <laughs> everything else is completely up for grabs. Yeah. That like you never break out of the world so that viewers never feel that it ever pops ever at all. Is that fair, Lizzie? Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I think it, if we we exist in the same like, oh God, how do I say this without sounding so cheesy, like spiritual <laughs> space, like, yes, realm, like sure. the way we like want people watching it to feel the way the characters interact is all like part of one bigger thing that feels connected but yeah but you know who knows by season 10 tina might be visiting alaska in a very special episode (laughs) (laughs) that'd be amazing (laughs) amazing thank you so much for being here uh before we let you go if people want to find out more about you or your work dan where can people find you my instagram account uh this is dan mintz Fantastic. And Lizzie, where can people find you? And Wendy, where can people find you? On Twitter as at Lizzie Molino. On Instagram, I think I'm Lizzie Lofalin, which is my married last name with loaf in it, like bread for some reason. Because <laughs> bread is awesome. <laughs> my Twitter is at Wendy Molino. I'm absolute garbage on Twitter. Don't follow me. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be filled with regret instantly if you do it. But I can't. Well, yeah, it's Twitter. Can't That's what Twitter life. is for. I can't live your life for you. I can barely yeah. live mine. And then I do have a public facing Instagram at Great North Wendy. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, People, of course, also can watch Bob's Burgers. They can watch The Great North on Fox. Thanks again so much, Dan Mintz, Wendy Molyneux, and Lizzie Molyneux. Thanks for being with us on Go Fact Yourself. Thanks Thanks for having us. Nice to see you guys. So fun. Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Teresa McElroy has 10 and a half points and Travis McElroy has one point with a round of questions for Travis coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Travis about a topic he knows about. Plus later, Teresa and Travis will go head to head in our fast facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. But before we come back, let's talk a little bit more about the Max Fund Drive, which you can join by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. Helen, we've got a listener recording, someone who has told us why they support our show on MaximumFun.org. Ooh, share it, share it. And I have not heard this yet, so this will be new for both of us. Here is, uh, I believe, Craig from Portland. Craig, go ahead. 
Hello, my name's Craig. I'm from Portland, Oregon, and I'm calling to relate my good experience about the show Go Fact Yourself. I absolutely love it. It is just such a nice, thrilling thing to think about while I'm doing my mindless and main task of working overnight at a grocery store. It is just something that helps me take my mind off of things. I can just, like, get my job done while actually learning something and having so many good laughs. My coworkers can attest, there's been way too many times where I've had to like stop and laugh so hard based on what has been going on on this show. And the best part about it is my girlfriend loves this show too. She's not the, the biggest fan of podcasts, but she loves trivia. And so whenever I've listened to a new episode of Go Fact Yourself, I like to go you know, see her the next morning when I'm off work and do the what's the difference with her. It's just a great bonding experience, and I'm so glad the show can go ahead and bring that kind of joy not just to my life but to those around me as well. And I just hope they continue pumping out more and more stuff. I love it. Thanks, guys. Oh, Craig! Aww. I'm verklempt, J. Keith. That was <laughs> wow. really touching. I loved it. I love the image of Craig stocking groceries and then bursting out laughing and everyone <laughs> around him having no idea why because yep. he's got his headphones on. But I love that and I think that's part of the reason why we love making the show, G. Keith, is because uh, we learn and we laugh and we're enjoying mm-hmm. it and we are so touched when we hear our listeners say that they enjoy it too and, and, and that it gives them enrichment in our lives, in their lives. Absolutely. We all need a little bit of enrichment in our lives, let's face it. Here, here. And, you know, it really it really goes to show you that, you know, being a listener of Go Fact Yourself, being in Max Fund, it's like being kind of in a secret club. And uh, we love when uh, club members get to meet other club members and when we get to bond with other people in the club. You know, we, we're a pretty small operation. You know, we, we don't get the millions of listeners a lot of other podcasts do. We don't have a huge staff that puts this together. It's a, it's a few very dedicated, hardworking people. So when you are contributing to the Max Fund Drive, you really are directly supporting the show and the few people who help make it possible. Uh, it means so much to yeah. us. Believe it or not, Jay Keith nor I have assistants. Yes. <laughs> None of us it's, have it's, assistance here. We're just us. Yeah, and if you could see the background uh, to this Zoom call that we're doing now, you would be very clear that uh, there is there is we're just barely muddling by in the chaos that is my office converted into podcast studio during uh, pandemic times. You know, one of the things that Craig said is hoping that we churn out more episodes, and the way that we do that, honestly, is because of contributions from listeners like you. Yes, you, a very small percentage of our listeners end up being members and we're so grateful for all of them but if we can just notch that up by one or two percent more if if we got one or two percent more of our listeners to become members we'd be able to do some incredible things you know we have a lot of ideas now that live shows are back about going on the road perhaps going somewhere international that's all stuff that we would love to do and we'd only be able to do through the support of listeners like you so please do consider going to maximumfun.org slash join and becoming a member or upgrading your membership today not only do you help our show, but you get some really good stuff as well. Anyone who contributes at the $5 a month level or beyond gets access to hundreds of hours of bonus content. At the $10 a month level or beyond, you get our customized patch that we specially designed for you with our Go Fact Yourself logo in a very kind of impossible thinky, puzzly, arty, puzzly kind of a way. Yeah. yeah. So again, please, will you consider joining us as a member? Helen, where do they do that? Maximumfun.org slash join. That's right. Maximumfun.org slash join. And now here's some more show. 
Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Teresa McElroy and Travis McElroy. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thanks, Helen. All right, Travis, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the songs of Dave Matthews Band, 1990s Nickelodeon TV shows, and job interviews. Let's yes. find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what the songs of Dave Matthews Band means to you. The way like my sense memory works, I have... Like, I will hear a Dave Matthews song, and I can tell you, like, oh, this is where I was mm. when I listened to that. And I have the strongest connection between the album Crash mm-hmm. and playing the video game EverQuest. <laughs> and, like, I can see, like, when I listen to the song Crash, I can, like, see my character, like, running across the Swampland Marshes and stuff. It's wild. But, yeah. Never right. seen in concert, though. It's It's on my list of, like... I have to if I ever get the chance. I hope you do. All right, you also said you know a lot about 1990s Nickelodeon TV shows. I mean, if you think about, like, Rock was Modern Life and, like, uh, Ren and Stimpy and stuff, like, that is, like, a weird sense of humor that I now have. But then also, it's just one of those where I think I watched at least one episode of every 90s cartoon show. Not right. quite as deep yeah. as Teresa's love of Bob's Burgers, I'm worried. <laughs> well, the good news is I don't know any of those shows. Yeah, oh, true. well, we'll see if that's the topic that is chosen for you. And finally, Travis, you said you know a lot about job interviews. I've had quite a few jobs, mm-hmm. uh, but I've also been in several managerial positions where I've interviewed people, so I've mm-hmm. been on both sides of it. And I'm just very personable. Mm. I'm very good in a job interview. Yeah? You have, um, you have good people skills? I really do. Yeah. What would you say is your biggest weakness? Uh, thank you for asking. Sometimes I, I just have too much fun, and people get distracted by how fun I am. <laughs> I, can, I can kind of understand that. All right, so to summarize, Travis, you said you know a lot about the songs of Dave Matthews Band, 1990s Nickelodeon TV shows, and job interviews. Today we're going to quiz you about 1990s Nickelodeon TV shows. Okay. Whew. Now, you mentioned a lot of the animated shows. Of course, Nickelodeon had a lot of live-action shows as well. Uh, did you have some favorites of those? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Snick was a big hit. Like, all that, and I think Clarissa Explains It All was in there, and Secret World of Alex Mack, and Roundhouse, and Are You Afraid of the Dark, and Kablam was in there. Yeah. Travis, your parents let you watch a lot of TV. <laughs> Listen, yeah, but now I, I make uh, media stuff for a living, so yeah. let that be a lesson yeah. to you, parents. yeah. Yeah, Free they, rain. They didn't uh, instruct him on how to improperly load the dishwasher. No, uh, <laughs> that that wasn't our thing. We would just throw yeah. the dishes away when we were done. Until I married <laughs> Teresa, you had a lot of TV to watch. I had no idea. No, yeah, absolutely. We would All just right. eat with our hands over the sink. I didn't. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of an expert in your topic. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints in these five questions. Now, Teresa, do listen closely because you can steal. If Travis gets any of these wrong, Teresa, how much do you know about 1990s Nickelodeon TV shows? We didn't have cable growing up, so Nickelodeon Uh, was not on the radar. Yes, girl, I am with you. I literally, you literally listed all the shows and I just blinked. Like, I was like, okay, I guess, yeah. Well, we're all going to learn together. All right, here's question number one, Travis. On May 1st, 1999, the world was forever changed with the premiere of an animated series starring a yellow, porous creature who lives in a pineapple under the sea. What series is it? It's SpongeBob SquarePants. Helen. That is correct. That is correct. It is SpongeBob SquarePants for the point. You did not need that hint, but Helen, I know you were very eager to give this hint. What would that hint have been? His more formal name might be Aplacina Fistularis Robert 
quadrilateral trousers. Ah, Very like nice. That. SpongeBob <laughs> square pants. Fun fact, that particular species of SpongeBob that Helen mentioned was revealed in the SpongeBob musical, which featured songs written by former guests of Go Fact Yourself, Jonathan Colton and John Linnell. All right, here's question number two. What was the name of Nickelodeon's programming block for younger viewers, which in the 90s included shows Blue's Clues, Capellian Company, and Pinwheel, and later became its own separate channel of shows for preschoolers? Uh, it was Nick Jr. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Nick Jr. You mentioned Snick. Here's another programming block, Nick Jr. Uh, fun fact, other Nickelodeon programming blocks and channels include Nick at Night, Nick Tunes, Teen Nick, and Nick Music. Right. I also really enjoy it. By the way, just another fun sure. fact. In the summer, they had a block of programming that was hosted by a popsicle stick with a face called <laughs> Stick Stickly. Yeah. <laughs> and Stick Stickly was just the best, man. I'm trying to remember because there was a little song that he sang <laughs> to let you know where you could send letters to. Mm-hmm. Can't remember the, na- the address, but it was New York City, New York State. 10108 was the end of it. Anyway, nice. it's not important. It's just all coming back. <laughs> well, moving on to question number three. What was the address of Stick Stickley's... No, no, I'm totally kidding. Oh, totally kidding. oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh. <laughs> now, here's question number three. Lots of today's stars can be seen in their much younger days on Nick shows in the 90s, but which of the following people did not star on one of them? Was it Jessica Alba, Christina Ricci, Nick Cannon, Melissa Joan Hart, or Ryan Reynolds? I'm leaning towards Ryan Reynolds because I know I don't remember Ryan Reynolds prior to Two Guys, A Girl, and A Pizza Place. Mm-hmm. Nick Cannon is definitely on a Nick show. Jessica Alba. Oh, see, that's the other one I'm stuck on. Christina Ricci. I don't know. All of them. <sighs> I don't know why I'm looking at you. I don't you know don't know either. Okay. You know what? I'll take a clue. How about that first hand, Helen? Ryan Reynolds did star on a Nickelodeon show in the 90s. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm going to say Jessica Alba. Final Uh, answer. Okay. Helen? That is not correct. (gasps) No, I'm terribly sorry. Teresa with a chance to steal. Can I have the list of names again? There's Jessica Alba, Christina Ricci, Nick Cannon, Melissa Joan Hart, or Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to go for Christina Ricci. Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the successful steal from Teresa. In the 1990s, Jessica Alba appeared on The Secret World of Alex Mack. Nick Cannon, of course, was on All That. Melissa Joan Hart was the star of Clarissa Explains It All. And Ryan Reynolds appeared as a regular on the teen drama 15. Oh, I never saw that show. Couldn't uh, tell you. I mean, I, I imagine it's about 15-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's see if we can bounce back with question number four. Nickelodeon, of course, focuses on kids, and kids get their voice with the channel's Kids' Choice Awards. What performer set a Guinness World Record by receiving five Kids' Choice Awards, three in the 1990s, and later became the only person ever to win an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, and Kids' Choice Award, achieving the unique and prestigious Kegot? Who has an EGOT? Mm-hmm. First, let's start with that. Right. Uh, okay, it would have to be a musician, right? Or like a composer, singer. Who? Really? Oh, my goodness. You do have a hint available if you'd like to use yeah. your second hint? I will, I'll use up my second hint. Ah, it's terrifying. Helen, how about that second hint? She won the award for favorite movie actress in the same year she appeared in Sister Act. Oh, yes. I'm going to say Whoopi Goldberg, please. Helen? That is correct. That is correct, and we appreciate you saying please. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> what, does she, what does she have a Tony for? Uh, she has a Tony for producing, actually. She was a producer wow. on Thoroughly Modern Millie. She has appeared on Broadway several times, but she has her Tony from uh, from that. I didn't know that. Okay. All right. But good use of the hint. You got your point. Fun fact, the Kids' Choice Award from Nickelodeon is shaped like a blimp, but functions as a kaleidoscope. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's cool. A functional award. A functional award, <laughs> finally. All right, here's question number five. You do not have any hints available, but let's see how you do on your own. We started by asking about SpongeBob, which recently aired its 13th season, but not all the shows on Nick in the 90s were long-lasting. One sitcom, for instance, about a family in North Carolina ran for only 13 episodes from 1994 to 1995. What was the title of this show? I have one that immediately pops into my head. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Torkelsons. Helen, was it the Torkelsons? It was not the Torkelsons. Ah! No, I'm sorry. Teresa with a chance to steal. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, it's not the Torkelsons, so I've nailed it down. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Well, just make up a show title. Okay. Try the Snorkelsons. <laughs> See if it's the Snorkelsons. Uh, 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 the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Helen, was it the Sweet <laughs> Life of Zack and Cody? It was not. No, I think the hint might have helped if it had been available. Helen, what would that hint have been? It sounds like the title of the podcast that you just oh. do if one of you weren't on it. That's my right. My brother it is and me. That's yeah. right. It is called My Brother and Me instead of My Brother, My Brother and Me. Can I just say that it's wild to me that that show only ran 13 episodes. Like, yeah. I must have watched all 13, because I was like, that wouldn't have registered to me as a short-lived show. I remember it being on all the time when I was a kid. I was reading up on it a little bit. Apparently, there was there were plans to do a second season, but there were some creative differences. A fun fact, it was the first Nick show to feature a predominantly black cast and was nominated for two NAACP Image Awards. Mm. Bonus fun fact, you discussed that show in a 2017 interview with TV Insider. Yeah, all right. sounds about right. <laughs> All right, Travis, you struggled a little bit on that last one, but now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Travis, we've mentioned sitcoms, dramas, variety, awards, and animated shows, but Nickelodeon in the 1990s also featured some amazing game shows, including Uh Figure It Out, which was hosted by an Olympic gold medalist, Nickelodeon Guts, which was hosted by a future Emmy-nominated actor and comedian, and, of course, Double Dare, hosted by a future host and producer of several shows on Food Network. For up to three points, who are these three 1990s Nickelodeon game show hosts. Okay, Guts is Mike O'Malley. Mm-hmm. Double Dare is Mark Summers. Okay. <sighs> Figure it out. I, I can picture the show. Okay. I'm trying to think of like a Olympic gold medalist that also would have hosted a show. Mm-hmm. Well, now here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Is the, the name Peekaboo Street popped into my head mm-hmm. and it's literally impossible to think of a different <laughs> name once the name they, Peekaboo they, Street. They call that Peekaboo Street Syndrome. Yeah, yeah once Peekaboo Street is in your head, there's yeah. little, maybe if I say it, it eight more times. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go with that, with that as your answer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. All right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is an Emmy-nominated producer and host whose many accomplishments include hosting Double Dare. It's Mark Summers. Hello, Mark Summers. Nice to see you. How's everybody? We're very well. 
We're so excited to have you join us. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. And by the way, I never liked Stick Stickly. It was always a pain in my rear end. <laughs> really? <laughs> I get that. You know, I bet off camera he was really like all about like, do you know who I am? Uh, he <laughs> was very difficult to work with, and I had to shoot more stuff with a popsicle stick. It just annoyed the heck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, in addition to uh, your work on Double Dare, you also hosted What Would You Do, another show on Nickelodeon uh, of that era. Plus, of course, you've for years produced and or hosted shows like On Unwrapped, Next Food Network Star, Ultimate Recipe Showdown, Dinner Impossible, Food Feuds, and now Restaurant Impossible. Uh, it's such an amazing career, and as a fellow game show fan, I know that we share that love. And I was interested in reading that before you hosted, you worked behind the scenes, and your first job in L.A. was with Bob Barker? Yeah, I did Truth or Consequences. The last year, Barker was the host. I was an idea man. I had just gotten into town through a, a mutual friend who I'm still dear friends 50 years to this day, Mark Smith, uh, got me in over there. It was a whopping 350 bucks for two days of work. I got to <laughs> hang out with Barker. How did your transition into hosting then from working behind the scenes? I was very lucky. Uh, a gentleman who just passed away, uh, Bert Wheeler, who was working at Reg Grundy, opened up some doors for me, got me a job as an announcer on a show called Keynotes. And one thing after another, after putting in 13 years, I came out here in 1973 and didn't get double there until 86. So it was wow. a long process, but finally got there. Yeah. Wow. And then talk about uh, how you got into producing, especially on Food Network. You got so many wonderful shows that people have seen on there. Yeah, I never wanted to be a producer, but for some reason, people kept coming to me and pitching shows. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend uh, who I went to college with who had a production company in Philadelphia, Jay Hardigan. And he said, can you get us into the you know TV scripted business or reality business? I said, I don't know. And then uh, Robert Irvine popped into my life. We did uh, a little sizzle reel for Dinner Impossible. You know, I've had sort of an interesting life as a in front of the camera game show guy. I started off as yeah. a writer, exec producer on uh, lots of Food Network stuff. It's all been fun. I always say I've never worked a day in my life, so I have no complaints. Oh, that's oh fantastic. I love that. And let's talk about Double Dare. You did over 500 episodes of that. That, that is just mind blowing. Wow. At what point did you have a sense that, that this was a hit, that the kids were watching and enjoying it? Literally after the first 65, we could tell in the audience that the kids had a buzz to them. You know, they always say there are three people who are responsible for cable. Uh, Larry King on CNN because people wanted the news. Gallagher on Showtime because of the comedy <laughs> special. And yeah. then Double Dare, the kids would, you know, have something called Playground Talk. They didn't all have cable, but they'd hear about this show where you got to dive into, you know, green goo and get a trip to space camp. Wow. And uh, they'd say, hey, mom, dad, can we get that channel? But uh, it all worked out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we brought it back a couple of years ago when I was exec producing and uh, announcing Eliza Kosha was hosting. We shot another, I forget how many we did, 80 or 90 more of those. Mm -hmm. And then I toured it uh, right up until COVID when we had to stop again. Mm -hmm. And going out and doing live shows for uh, people in their 40s who want to relive their childhood. <laughs> <laughs> what is the secret to getting green goo out of a, out of a suit? Uh, throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> You got no shot. And now, you know, back in the day, it was, you know, applesauce, you know, oatmeal and green food coloring. Mm -hmm. But now they have this company that makes slime. And then, you know, yes. we spent hours when I was exec producing the last batch of, you know, trying to figure out the viscosity. You know, if there's a word for you, how thick, yeah. how thin, how much should it yes. Yes. whip and all that kind of stuff. So it's much more scientific than it ever was. I, I, I was five years on a Nickelodeon series. And so I'm very familiar with the Nickelodeon family. And I know there is like, it's it's a, it's a top secret recipe oh, yeah. of the green goo now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which show were you working on? On the Thundermans. Oh, no kidding. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Been. 
Well, speaking of that, one thing I always wondered looking back at these shows before you had this high-tech formula is what did that set smell like? Because you were doing all of these shows (laughs) under the hot lights with all these food items. Uh, Was that ever an issue? It smelled like a rancid cafeteria after day three. (laughs) We would try to figure out what to put in the tank, and somebody came up with a bright idea of putting in baked beans. And we we put 5,000 pounds of baked beans in, but then how do you get the baked beans out? And so we had to hire one of those guys who cleans out septic tanks he got in with these hip waders and a big hose and sucked out the beans. But, you know, <laughs> the problem is three days of beans under hot lights yeah. uh, in a warm studio, it, it can't be good. Um, <laughs> so, you know, those are some of the things I'm telling you. And by the way, we did the first 65 and they rolled up uh, all the equipment. And then when they brought it back out again, we all started breaking out with uh, little blisters and things on our hands and our oh. faces because they didn't clean it properly. So after that, I mean, the scrubbing process was was insane because the amount of uh, wacky things that ended up on our bodies after uh, the first six. Oh, God, I can imagine. (laughs) It got much better, though, when we moved to Orlando and we had a studio twice the size and uh, drains in the floors and and we could just kind of hose everything off. But Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia, it was a very tiny situation and it it was not pretty. Trust me. Did you approach hosting the show for kids different than you would host a show for adults? I think the reason it worked was I never uh, did it as a kid's show. I never said, you know, hey, Bobby. Do you have a girlfriend? I I screwed with the kids all the time, and I think they appreciated it. I never talked down to them, and they interacted with me. Kids shows was nothing I ever had my heart set on, and I think the fact that I treated it like I was uh, Trebek or Sajak playing an Mm -hmm. adult game uh, was part of the reason it worked. Very cool. Is there anything that you kept from that original show? Oh, if you would allow me, I could run away and go. Yes, please, please. Yes. Yes. Yep. What did you bring us? So here's the deal. Uh, We used to shoot first four episodes a day, then five episodes a day, then finally six episodes a day. You know, I didn't know what planet I was on after a while. Yeah. We just got into this (laughs) deal where I just lost it and was laughing like crazy because they had this little man in a boat. It's literally a little guy in a boat with oars and you're you're winding it and the oars move? And the move. Okay. And if you can uh, pull up, uh, it's on somewhere about Mark Summers loses it because every yeah. time I turned around Jeffrey Darby would put this in some part and I, I couldn't I what? <laughs> I love it well let's get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game is concerned you heard the question that we asked of Travis we wanted to know who were the three game show hosts that we mentioned from Nickelodeon in the 1990s first we asked Travis who was the host of figure it out Helen what did Travis say Travis said peekaboo street and Mark Summer Sanders. Ah, Summer Sanders. Yes, the Olympic swimmer, gold medalist, who was the host of that show. I'm sorry, no point there, but she does have a resemblance to Peekaboo Street. I can understand you're getting those two mixed up. All right, next we want to know who was the host of Nickelodeon Guts. Helen, what did Travis say? Travis said Mike O'Malley. And Mark? Absolutely, 100%. Greatest guy in the world. Very good. A point there for Travis. By the way, Mike O'Malley hosted another Nickelodeon show in the 1990s called Get the Picture. All right. And then finally, we wanted to know who was that person who hosted Double Dare? Helen, what did Travis say? Travis said Mark Summers. And sir? Uh, That would be a correct answer. That would be a correct (laughs) answer from the man himself. Very good. Travis, while we have our expert here, is there anything else you'd like to ask or say to Mark Summers? First, I want to say thank you. Uh, My brothers and I watch it all the time uh, as... Uh, you know, a family who does wild stuff together now. Uh, the family Double Dare was uh, always a hit. Uh, and my question is, was there ever a time where you were, like, watching someone try to do a physical challenge and, like, you just wanted to scream, like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's oh. right there. Just do <laughs> that. You know, when it was just a kid's show, it was easy and it was amusing and it was fun. But as soon as the parents got involved, you know, they, they were going to reinvent the wheel. And mm-hmm. I would see parents screw things up. You know, when we were giving away trips to Europe and cars, the parents got intense. 
And mm-hmm. one day uh, we were doing one for prime time for Fox. The kid was uh, had like two seconds left, went to reach for the flag and missed it. And they missed the car. And there was a parent who grabbed his kid by the neck and was getting ready to slam his head against the wall. No. Oh, yeah. We had to pull him away and go, you know, this, this is a game show for kids. You need to yeah. pull back a little bit. and relax. Wow. Yeah, it would get intense every now and then. And we had to remind them that, you know, this was just for fun. We're getting slimed. And, wow. uh, you know, if you don't get the car, it's okay. You got the large screen TV and a few other things. So, you know, it's interesting how parents will screw up everything. Oh, I've, I've heard. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Double dark. Uh, <laughs> Mark, it's been so wonderful to have you join us. If people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they do that? Oh, I have all those, uh, the real Mark Summers uh, on, uh, you know, Instagram and Twitter and all those lovely uh, websites. And, uh, you know, uh, if you have a question, shoot it over. Uh, I generally get back to you pretty quick. And uh, thanks for being fans all these years. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Mark Summers, everybody. See you soon. All right. Helen, going into the final round, what is our score? At the end of that round, Teresa McElroy has ten and a half points, and Travis McElroy has six points. Cool. Now it is time for our final round called Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Teresa and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Teresa, buffalo wings are made from real buffalo. False. That is correct. Travis, buffalo wings were invented in buffalo. True. Correct. Teresa, Boston cream pie was invented in Boston. False. Incorrect. No, it really was. Travis, French fries were invented in France. False. Correct. (laughs) It was Belgium. Teresa, German chocolate cake was invented in Germany. False. Correct. Yep, it was invented by a guy named German in either America or England. Travis, Salisbury steak was invented in Salisbury. False. Correct. Yep, it was invented by a guy named Salisbury in North America. Teresa, London broil was invented in London. Uh, False. Correct. Yeah, it was invented in North America as well. Travis, Hawaiian pizza was invented in Hawaii. False. (laughs) Correct. It was invented in Canada. Teresa, the California roll was invented in California. True. Incorrect. It was invented in Canada. Travis, baked Alaska was invented in Alaska. True. Incorrect. Uh. No, it was invented in New York. Teresa, baked Alaska has fewer calories than deep fried Alaska. True. Sure. Correct. And finally, Travis, but real hipsters make sous vide Alaska. Ah, true. (laughs) Correct. All right. We're not going to count those last two. I want to thank Teresa and Travis. (laughs) I want to thank Teresa and Travis McElroy as Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to pronounce the winner on today's episode? I am, Jay Keith. At the end of the game, Teresa McElroy has 13 and a half points and Travis McElroy has 10 points. Oh, a very nice comeback. But congratulations, Teresa. You are the facting champion on GoFact. Yourself a lovely kiss of congratulations, Teresa. What will and, you do and with of your condolence? And of because condolence. Of yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite. I love a pity kiss. Yeah, Teresa, you are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. What will you do with your championship? I'm going to put it on my Twitter profile. Oh, we'll look for that. Very, very nice. Uh, All right, we're going to wrap things up by giving everyone here a chance to promote anything they might like. Teresa McElroy, where can people find you? Well, people can find me on Instagram, Murray McElroy. Um, And that's M-U-R-R-Y. Yes. Also, I love to stock the uh, Schmanners Twitter, so at Schmanners Cast. 
Excellent. And of course, people can hear Schmanners on Maximum Fun. Thanks so much for joining us, Teresa McElroy. Travis, where can people find what you're up to? I'm on Instagram as Travis McElroy. Um, I'm on My Brother, My Brother and Me. I'm on Schmanners, Adventure Zone, and just look around. You can McElroy.family. Yeah, McElroy.family. There you go. Or TravisMcElroy.com. I have stuff on there, too. Excellent. Well, we thank you so much for joining us, Travis McElroy. Ladies and gentlemen, my hosting partner is the lovely, the talented, the Helen, the Hong, the Helen Hong. Helen, where can people find you? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at funny. Helen Hong, because as we all know by now, there's another Helen Hong who is not funny. She is not, and she is not my hosting partner, so I'm happy to have this Helen Hong. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith or on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. And Helen, we have a live in-person show coming up. It is on Saturday, June 18th at 7 p.m. in the Los Angeles area of Pasadena. To our friends at KPCC at the Crawford Family Forum, you can go to kpcc.org slash live, all lowercase, to get tickets. And hopefully very soon we'll be announcing our special guests for that episode. You know, the idea of being able to come back after more than two years is something that is so special and amazing to us and we're so grateful for. And it wouldn't happen if we did not have members of Maximum Fun supporting our show. Oh, as a stand-up comedian, J. Keith, I have really missed live laughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just and- like, this is where people should be laughing. Yep. <laughs> Cue no one in my Zoom closet. Oh, we're so looking forward to that. Yeah, you know, you've converted your closet into a podcast studio. I've converted a corner of my office into it. We've done a lot of things over the last couple of years to adapt so that we can continue to make shows. And none of this would have been possible without our Max Fund members who support Go Fact Yourself. The equipment we had to buy, the testing that we had to do, the different things that we had to arrange in order to get in guests from not just around the country, but around the world. That all is a direct result of the people who listen to the show deciding to become a member or to upgrade or boost their membership and we could not be more grateful and the sky's the limit to how good the production quality can get on the show the more money that we get the more risks we can take the more things we can do the more guests cool guests we can bring you so please if you are a listener and you haven't become a member yet please consider joining us at maximumfun.org slash join the last thing I'll say is that you know a lot of times especially what's going on in the world now you can feel a little helpless that you can't do anything to help make the world more what you would want. Well, one of the things that you can do is support the shows that you like. If you support the shows that you like, there'll be more of them. If you don't support the shows that you like, there'll be fewer of them. It really is just that simple. So we're so grateful to have your support. If you've found any moments over the last year that have uh, given you some insight, maybe given you a laugh, helped to learn something that we've provided, we're so happy to have provided that. But this is the time to show your appreciation by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. And of course, don't forget those amazing goals that we have where you or someone that you support through your membership membership can become an actual contestant on an episode of Go Fact Yourself. So thank you all so much. Thank you for all the help that you give to us and to help other people enjoy this show and to feel like they belong, that their weird interests aren't so weird after all. You know, we celebrate knowledge without any judgment on the show. We celebrate what people love and why they love it. And if you want to support that way of thinking and that way of celebrating people's love, please, again, show your support at MaximumFun.org slash join. That just leaves me to thank Teresa McElroy, Travis McElroy, Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux, Dan Mintz, Mark Summers, and thank you for listening and supporting our show at MaximumFun.org. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. 
Like what you hear? Come see us live June 18th. It is happening, people. Saturday, June 18th. Go to GoFactorPod.com for schedule and free tickets to this event. Meanwhile, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod. Update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.com and buy our T-shaped shirt at MaxFunStore.com. And give us a great review on your favorite podcast platform, like Hallie E.H. did on Apple Podcasts. He, she, or they said, this show is fun, educational, smart, and fabulous. Helen and Jay Keith are terrific. Thanks, Hallie E.H. That review is terrific. Helen? (laughs) Thank you, Hallie E.H. Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the country. Questions were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. We are produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun senior producer is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor is Julian Burrell. Today's show engineer is Dave McKeever. Our theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Research assistance provided by Adam Needif. Quiz assistance provided by Clint Tauscher and Leo us all. Promotional graphics by Erich Tran. Added support from Pete Cunningham, Dave Bianchi, and Christine Vallada. Special thanks to Isabel Seif and Aaron Kaplan at Kaplan Perone Entertainment. Shelley Herman, Christy Stratton, Jim Dotrieve, Lauren Bouchard, Drew Hanks, Jay Caston, Alice Flanders, Jeremy Frank, and Justin McElroy. I've been Helen Hong! Let's go watch Double Dare! I'm gonna take the physical challenge! No, Ooh. I won't. No, no I won't. No. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported